Hey, everybody, this is Christian Brindle, president and founder of Christian Brindle Insurance Services, an agency specializing in Medicare health plans, as well as the founder and admin of the Six Figure Medicare Agent Facebook community. And I am Glenn Shelton, founder and president of Lead Heroes, where we specialize in final expense and Medicare insurance leads. Every single Tuesday, guys, we have decided to come together and bring our forces together to talk about our two favorite subjects in the world, insurance and tacos. Henceforth, Taco Tuesday, let's taco about insurance. Every single Tuesday, we will live stream this show for the group Six Figure Medicare Agent at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't miss it. It can also be found everywhere that podcasts can be listened to, or you could watch the replay of the video up on our YouTube channel for the Six Figure Medicare Agent YouTube channel. Thanks so much for watching. Hope you enjoy, and let's get into this. I'm going to hear that, except our live fans. Okay. Okay. okay we're recording okay. now. Now we're recording. As I was saying, you guys, I am so sorry. I don't have tacos to show you today. I don't feel great today. I don't know what it is. Could just be a sinus infection. I have no idea. So I have a sneaking suspicion that um, I'm taking secret flights up to Glenn and giving him butterfly kisses and nobody knows about it. (laughs) Joanna said, I got this message before the cocktail party on Friday, which if you guys missed that, you definitely missed a good time. But that was a great um, time. Joanna messaged me and she goes, Christian said you guys are dating question mark. I was like, what? <laughs> and then and I was like, I was like, what? I was like, no, I'm like, we're both married. I'm like, it's polyamorous. I'm like, what, what do you mean? We're not we're not dating. I'm like, we're both married. What are you saying? That's hysterical. And um, she swore to secrecy at that, by the way. So now I know that she's right. dropping our it's dirty laundry. Now. Now, now I know she's dropping me and Glenn's dirty laundry and DMs and stuff. Joanna. Joanna can't be trusted, you guys. Do not contract with Nation Care. Just want to throw that out there. I'm just kidding, Joanna. Okay, so so I, I do have food. Um, I so, am not feeling sick today, so I decided that I was starving. And um, it's not a taco, you guys, so please do not crucify me. It's a chicken cheese and... Um, French fry burrito from Del Taco. French fry burrito. It's got French fries in the burrito. That sounds scary. Only there. Only there. Never seen it anywhere else. Whoa. Crinkle cut. For those of you listening to this and who aren't seeing it, it's crinkle cut French fries inside Mm -hmm. a burrito. I'm, I'm, despite my lack of appetite, I'm, I'm almost like, I'm almost hungry for it. Like I almost want to try it. It, it sidebar worked. you guys this was not intentional for those watching right now we just happened to both be wearing <laughs> superhero t-shirts today i don't know i guess i guess well the thing is that you're dc though i'm marvel you're DC. we're competing franchises so yeah. so you know i think that i think that segues beautifully into the topic too because <laughs> Marvel integrity. So, so integrity and Mar and, and Amerilife are can perfectly be quantified as DC and Marvel. That's actually epic. That's an epic transition right there. Segway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, I cannot think of a better way to personify the two because they're just like these super powered organizations that just do whatever they want in the industry, you know. Um well, and I don't want to say right. 
Marvel, so, but one's obviously DC or Marvel, like, there's no, like, you have to pick one. You can't like both. So is it the same way with Amerilife and Integrity? Like, you can't like both. You have to pick one. I, I definitely think it's that way. I've never... <laughs> Oh, have, you, man. have you ever every anybody's been like you know be like fuck yeah bro um integrity marketing or yeah or they're, and they're like and uh marilife's pretty cool too no they're like they're like screw the other one you know that's usually how it goes yeah um behind the scenes of things of course but um it's this is true this is an interesting topic to talk about. I don't think either one of us thought that this would win, but this topic did overwhelmingly win on the, the polls. I didn't, I didn't think it would, I just kind of threw it in there as an idea, as a filler, you know, and for those of you who, who didn't see the poll or they don't know what Christian's talking about. Um, we were texting yesterday and I was like, Hey, what should we talk about? And Christian was like, I don't know what should we talk about? And I said, you know what? I'm like, let the people decide. So we started a poll, Christian started a poll in the Six Figure Medicare Agent Facebook group. And we asked you guys, we got quite a few votes. It was actually kind of fun. Um, we will probably end up doing it again. I don't know if it'll happen every episode, but um, you know, there were five different options. Many options were just tacos. Maybe we'll have just a taco episode just for you guys, for those of you who just want tacos. But the winner was... AmeriLife and Integrity buying up all of these IMOs, FMOs, all of these huge national distribution channels. Um, and that's that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a good place to start um, to maybe highlight these these two groups. So I put a post up. The, the, I was thinking about this last night when, when I was thinking about this topic. Um, I put a post up in Medicare Mentors which is Nation Cares Group. Some time ago, it was relatively recently, it was in the last month or two. And I said, who's the big, who's the top three or five, or I don't remember what I said, largest FMOs or IMOs. And there were so many names thrown out there of like these FMOs that like maybe have a thousand mm-hmm. agents or 2000 agents or 3000 agents, or something like that. And I don't think people quite understand in the business how humongously, ridiculously large these two organizations are. And how much bigger they are than everybody else. Um, like, I think Integrity has, and, and somebody tell me the exact number down in the comment section, but Integrity has, what, 30 to 40, maybe more FMOs, IMOs that they fall under their umbrella. AmeriLife, I'm not, I have no idea how many, but they bought, I mean, it's the worst kept secret. They bought Gordon Marketing. They bought a bunch of organizations recently. Like, they've just become senior market, senior market advisors just got bought. Yeah, by, by AmeriLife. It almost seems like AmeriLife's trying to play catch up. That's kind of what I'm I'm seeing. Yeah, I I I I believe so as well because I think like our FMO agent pipeline, right? Full disclosure, they're owned by Integrity Marketing. Um, so we fall under Integrity Marketing, right? Because of Uh-oh. that. Um, Careful what you say, Christian. But I, but I'm going to be incredibly um, unbiased to, on this as much as I possibly can. But the thing is, they got bought out at the end of a, like right after AEP in 2019, um, Agent Pipeline did. And so I feel like I haven't seen as many acquisitions taking place with Integrity, and I've started to see more with AmeriLife. So I, I've seen that too, um, that it's more which of like- one's a- old? I wonder what, do you know which one's older? I feel my, and this is just my opinion, I could totally be wrong, but my guess is that AmeriLife has more of a distribution channel that they've actually built 
whereas it seems like Integrity came in with, with the funds and they're buying most of these channels, whereas AmeriLife, I would guess, has built a lot of these channels over the years. That's kind of my comparison, just my outsider take looking at, looking from the outside in would, would kind of be my guess. Yeah. And um, I think, I, I think that's pretty accurate from my understanding of the two organizations. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think one thing that would be good for us to kind of talk about is, is this good for the industry, right? Like, is it good for two agencies of, you know, humongous stature to kind of be dominating the market a little bit? Like, what are your thoughts there? Let's take a step back before we get into the industry. Let's talk about mergers and acquisitions in general. Is it, is it ever good for the marketplace when a giant merger happens? So like the first one I think of off the top of my head is T-Mobile and Sprint coming together. <coughs> yeah. The DOJ got involved in it. They weren't sure if it was even going to be legally you know, allowed to merge since it has actually officially merged. You know, the, the conflict is, you know, is it a monopoly? Is there going to be a lack of diversity of options where it's going to negatively affect the small, the small person, you know, the consumer? Um, and that's always the fear, right? The, the fear is that you're going to get a monopoly that's, that has so much control in the marketplace that it screws over the consumer or the, in this case, right? In this case, we're talking about the individual agent. Um, so that's, that's my concern right off the bat. Um, I think a lot of this is so new that I don't think we're, we know how this is all going to play out. That's another kind of thought I have too. Yeah, I think um, there's definitely two sides of this coin, right? Because I think if you have one agency that just gets too big and it's just impossible to compete with them and nobody can compete with them, well, then they don't really have much of a standard to hold, hold themselves up to because they can kind of do whatever they want. And if anyone has a problem with it, they're like, you know, they got that, they got that F you money, you know, like they have that stature, they have this place, like they can kind of get away with whatever they want. They kind of dominate the industry. Whereas I think this is a unique situation because there's two, you know, that are kind of competing against each other. And I think it keeps the other one on their toes a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think, my, I mean, there's always going to be other options too. I mean, I, I can't, I don't foresee a future where there's such an extreme distribution consolidation where it's literally you're either under uh, integrity or you're under a mayor life and there's nobody else. So I think that's the other thing that to consider, like, you know, for example, Americo, um, which I'm sure there's a bunch of agents who might be listening or watching this who do business with Americo. It's my understanding that they offer 50, 50, 50 direct contracts. So that means outside of AmeriLife and Integrity, there's, there's got to be other downlines. Now, the, the problem is, though, if those downlines, what happens in that situation where what if Americo has these direct contracts, but then that direct contract goes underneath Integrity or AmeriLife? Does that mean that frees it up where now there's more direct contracts for them to give out? You know, that's something I have no idea. I would love if, if anybody knows, I would, I would love to understand how that works because um, you can't, I mean, you can't have two people direct. Right. Unless, but then you, you know, you were mentioning, I saw in the poll, there was this speculation or this question, you know, 
are they able to operate independently or are they, you know, a part of the company? Because that, that might change how it works as well. So on the integrity side, from everything that I've observed since Agent Pipeline got acquired, and now, you know, when they first got acquired, we probably had 40, 50, 60, somewhere in there, percentage of our contracts with Agent Pipeline. We weren't even all in with them. Now we're pretty much all in with them. We probably have 95% of all contracts there. So we deal with them. I mean, I, I probably talk to someone at Agent Pipeline every single day in one form or another, email, text message, phone call, something like that. Um, and I know from what I've observed from the outside looking in, and Agent Pipeline's a huge organization too. I mean, they told me the other day on the phone that they have 60,000 agents or something like that contracted. Um, so they're not small puppies in and of themselves. They seem to they seem to to operate incredibly independently of integrity. Like I don't feel like integrity is controlling every little move that they make. I feel like if there's something that integrity doesn't like them doing, I think integrity probably behind the scenes would step in um, and make a change there. But on the flip side, I've also noticed that we've had access to more co-op money with them than we've ever had before because they have more access to that integrity marketing money. That's been a positive change. Um, and then also- if I, if I call Agent Pipeline and I say, are you guys direct to the carrier? What are they going to say to me? They will most likely say, yes, we are. But are they? Because- This is the thing. This is, is Aren't they technically not now? If they got bought yeah. by integrity, yeah. isn't there technically another barrier between yeah. the carrier? That's what I don't understand here. You know what I think it is? Because, okay, this is another thing too, you know, like- um, I am wondering if the carriers have created like this thing above an, 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 you know, an MMA or um, an FMO or IMO kind of status that is specifically created for um, Tony. I'm reading what Tony said. That's specifically created for an integrity or a Merrill because like an agent pipeline, they're direct to the carrier. I'm wondering that is a great question. I'm fascinated by this. Well, and it's a big deal because again, you know, we talked about contracting a lot over the past few episodes. And, you know, again, the lesson I've learned over the years of being in the industry is that the more layers you have between you and that carrier, you know, the more things can potentially, you know, go awry. Uh, I, I can't remember who, what, maybe we, when we were talking to uh, last week to Scotty um, I think he was the one, and this may have even been post. We, we talked for like another, we should have done an after show yeah, we because should we should have done an after show because, uh, Christian Scotty and I talked for almost another hour afterwards. Yeah. And, um, I believe it was Scott and I apologize, Scotty, if this wasn't you, but I believe it was you, Scotty, that said that, um, you never know, and you'll never see how many times your contract could go through who knows how many people, how many people will touch it. Yeah. Right. And, and his, he gave a specific example and I just remember being surprised and, but at the same time, I'm not surprised because I've seen this happen where someone has, you know, a really big distribution and all of a sudden they end up under someone that they've never even talked to. And then they're like, wait a second, how did I end up over here? 
And it's like, well, you know, you have all these different layers and then this person took your contract and- Yeah, it's like, you know, you're under um, an MGA, let's say, and then MGA moved contracts and you moved with them or something like that. Mm so yeah, that I and I want to read some of these comments too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's okay. So Tony, the the friend of the show, Mister <laughs> Tony Merwin. I have to preface by saying because Merwin, the wizard, the the, Tony. the, the, the Sir Merwin, Tony Tony said um, they'll say that'll say yes, and for most carriers they are yes, and that's always been my understanding. Integrity has ownership, but they're not in the hierarchy. So that's very interesting, because. I almost look at that kind of like a CVS with an Aetna, right? Right. Because CVS owns Aetna, but CVS is kind of out of the picture in terms of they have ownership, but the CVS doesn't really brand themselves in an insurance so company. But they're, they are- they're not licensed then in that, in that situation, right? Because if you're not in the hierarchy or, I mean. That's, no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure they're licensed, but I would say if I had to guess any, if any of you guys have any feedback, we'd love to hear it. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm a peon in comparison to the powers at work here. Um, <laughs> but, but essentially, you know, I, I'm sure they have their, I'm sure they're licensed and all that stuff, but like, I'm sure it's an ownership deal to where like they get, I don't know, maybe, you know, percentages of profits or something like that, but they're probably not directly contracted under them. Like that's, that's would probably be, like, if I, I mean, you have an LLC, right? Christian Brindle Insurance Services. Uh, S, corpor- S corporation, but yeah, S- not an LLC. But so I could, I could say, hey, Christian, I want to buy half your S corp, but that doesn't put me in your hierarchy for your agents, right? Right. So maybe right. it's really that simple. Maybe it's all at the corporate level, and then there's nothing to do with the actual. That's probably what it is. And so it really is, all these companies are basically independent and, and they're really, they're just like a, an investment company essentially or a holdings company. Think, think of it like a, I mean, th- this is how I would think of it if I had to just picture how it goes on. Picture like a Berkshire Hathaway, right? They own, I think they still own Geico, you know, and a couple, I think they own a couple of insurance companies in general. Like it's just, they're the biggest shareholder, you know? Um, but they're not a PNC agent, you know, insurance company or have licenses or something like that. I'm wondering, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if it's probably just like that. And I'm, re- I'm responding to Tony's comment and I'm saying, please say it louder. So my wife can hear it. Cause he just said, correct. And I'm assuming that was to me. <laughs> Justin Brock bought integrity marketing group. This is big news. Um, if you're listening to the replay and the podcast, Justin Brock has purchased Integrity Marketing. I'm just kidding. It, son. I, well, he also just bought a house with an elevator in it. So I believe it. Justin, if you're watching this still, I absolutely believe it. If you can have a house with an elevator in it, you can also buy Integrity. You can own Integrity Marketing. So I, I, it's a funny story about that. I remember it, if anybody, anybody that's watching this as an agent, has probably been targeted by integrity marketing sponsored Facebook ads. I get, I get hit by them all the time. I see them all the time. I was going over, I was going, I was going through my newsfeed one day months ago. It's probably like six months ago. And I saw a ad that was being ran and it was like, you know, integrity marketing is this, where's that, is that, it's just real integrity marketing propaganda kind of thing. I go in the comments. First comment I see is Justin Brock. And it said, what did he say? <laughs> he said something. 
along like a public comment like you know right. on the long line and he's like i think he was like he was like can i buy integrity marketing how much would this cost or something like that i don't remember exactly what he said <laughs> can i get uh a trolling. valuation are, are either of them and here's another question and i don't know honestly so are either of them publicly traded amerilife and integrity I don't think they are. Another question for the audience here. I'd be curious to know if, if they're publicly traded, if I can, you know, Just look up. Buy in, stock. buy stock or something. Yeah. What would then, if so, then yes, we can. We can become the largest shareholders. <laughs> Justin, we can do this. Let's let's all uh, band together. Tony says no. Yeah, but like eHealth e is publicly traded. I know they're right. kind of not in this conversation. They're a, bit, they're a different animal altogether. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, you can buy shares of eHealth, um, which is kind of interesting. You know, eHealth. Humana, speaking of, Humana announces their earnings this week. I did see that. And I think they're trading close to $400 a share last time I looked. Ridiculous. So I was, I was curious to know how their earnings is going to look. I want to say it's tomorrow or Thursday that Humana announces their earnings. But um, I want to get back to the core concept of all this, because I feel like we kind of drifted away is the core concept is, or the question that we're trying to figure out, is this a good thing for the industry, a bad thing, or, or is it kind of neither, I guess would really be kind of the three options here. Like, is this not really changed much? Is this a good change? Or is it a bad change to have these companies come in with these sort of distribution channels being consolidated? So here's how I think we should do this. Well, everybody post what you think in the comment section. Glenn, why don't you give your answer on what you think? I'll give my answer on what I think. And then we'll go through and read some comments on what yeah, you think. I think that would be great. So, um, you know, I think it could potentially be too early to tell. I mean, when, when, did in, let's, when did integrity start snapping up some? I mean, it's been, what, 12 months? You said agent pipeline was, what, 2018, 2019? The last December of 2019, I still remember because I remember someone sending it to me. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll kind of uh, monologue for a second and maybe this will give Christian time to stuff his French fry burrito <laughs> in his gullet. But um, so my dad, my father, he um, has worked for a bunch of different uh, commercial roofing, commercial insulation companies, both small and big. And the reason I bring this up because this has nothing to do with insurance is I think he's been a part of three different companies that have been purchased. And so I've kind of gotten this firsthand view of what happens on the inside when that company got purchased. Now, again, this is kind of comparing, you know, oranges to bananas. It's, it's not really the, the same industry. It's going to be different, obviously, how this works. But most of the time when this merger or acquisition would happen, significant changes didn't happen until over a year. Essentially, the whale is eating the smaller fish, and then they spend the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months, and they're really analyzing for inefficiencies. And then, um, you know, usually in kind of a broad stroke, after that they've taken the time to really learn the business, then they're making significant changes. So, my personal opinion based on that and just kind of, again, based on what I've seen in the industry, I, I think it's probably too early to say if this is going to be a good, bad or neutral change. 
So I, I don't even know if I can really answer that yet. Um, I think it could potentially be any one of those three. I think there's an argument to be made that it could be bad. I think there's an argument to be made that it could be neutral. And there's probably an argument to be made that this could be a good thing. But personally, I think it's too soon to really tell. So I think that's a very po um, politically correct answer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, 2024, Shelton. It's actually an answer that I agree with because... I think there's stuff in the short term that like I pointed out a couple of them that we've experienced is just like your everyday agency, right? Um, that has been helpful, right? Like Medicare Center. Medicare Center is a helpful tool, you know, and that's an integrity, yeah. that, that's an integrity baby, you know, um, there's, and, and, and it gives, and I think by them buying so many FMOs, IMOs, it gives access to so many more agents to have them, you know, and, um, I think they, I, I like that. I like that for the most part, the agencies seem to be able to act, you know, independently of whoever bought them out. Right. Like their agents can still move from like a, an, an agent pipeline to a tidewater management or tidewater management to another organization or something like that, but it's still under the integrity umbrella. Um, so I, I, I personally think there's a lot of short-term gain for the average agent because I think there's those, those extra tools from being affiliated with a company that's an integrity marketing or I'm not as, I don't know as much about how this would work because I'm not, I have no experience, but like, or maybe possibly an Amerilife company. I mean, that could probably be helpful because it's a, a powerful ally for your business. Um, maybe you think it could be a recruiting tool down the road? Like, oh, we're a, we're part of the integrity distribution channel. I actively use it to recruit people. There you go. All the time. Like I yeah. can tell you this because people talk about like, what technology do you have? I'm like, well, Christian has nothing other than six figure Medicare university, but integrity marketing has Medicare center, which is Sunfire, CSG, Connecture, all this stuff, you know, CRM built in all this stuff that you get just by being an integrity marketing agent. And so I, I throw that in when I'm talking to agents. I'm like, what we bring to the table. I'm like, because of our relationship with Agent Pipeline, their integrity company, this is what we get. Um, and it's a very expensive system. And so, so I, I think, I think short term, I even think there's probably some positive. I think it, but I agree. I think it's too soon to tell when you see how it develops. I think we should try to get Justin on here. I, I would love to have Justin on here. Um, we need to, I think we need to have a whole episode just for Justin, if I'm being perfectly honest. I want to read Justin's comment. Um, he said, somebody will lose their ass, honestly, but who knows who it'll be. And, and that's, um, I that's agree. honestly, that's what I think. That, that really is yeah. what I think. I think we don't know yet. And, and here's the other thing I wanted to bring up. The other question I wanted to bring up is, we don't know what their end goal is. Like who can tell me what a Marilice end goal or integrity's end goal is most of the time, giant companies like this are looking for an exit. They're not, <laughs> right. they're not usually here to exist forever. They're, they're at the demand of their investors or, or, you know, their board, whatever it is, however the company is structured. So um, that's the other kind of um, X factor. I think in this entire situation is, we don't know what the goal is. You know, there, I, I personally, when I, when I first saw what integrity was doing, my very first thought is, okay, you snap up all of these distribution channels and then you can say, look, we're controlling this much business. Now I can turn around and flip and sell for, you know, 
I don't know, 5X on the distribution channel. I mean, who's as big? Nobody's as big as Integrity besides maybe Amerilife. I mean, who else is competitive outside of these two? Who, who's even, like, is there anybody even really that close to these two? I, I don't think so. I think they, they stand they stand above everybody else and it's not even close. Like, okay, so like, let's, okay, let's, I keep going back to Agent Pipeline, but I know more about Agent Pipeline than most other FMOs, IMOs, just because of that partnership we have with them. 60,000 contracted agents is what they, they, they've told me that they have. I mean, they've told me in the senior healthcare market that they're not quite 10% of the market, but they're maybe just slightly under. So I don't know exactly what that looks like, maybe seven, 8% of the market. Um, if there's like, how many FMOs, IMOs do you think there are out there in the senior market? What maybe? Well, our, our directory at Lead Heroes has over 170. So I, I don't, there's I don't people know. Like how me many. in there though. There's people uh, like me in there though. <laughs> it's there's, there's agencies in there too. I mean, but that's the thing is like, you could say you're an IMO. So it's like, when you say how many IMOs or FMOs are there, what, what's the, how do you judge that? What's your, what's your, if you're being totally objective about what an IMO is, you're not just going by someone who calls themselves an FMO. What is it? Is it the number of contracted agents? Is it over a thousand contracted agents? Now you're say, an FMO. I would say, um, I, my definition would be, companies that have that contracted level, you know, to make them the top of hierarchy. Um, and when I, and when I say top of hierarchy, cause there are some carriers that you can get contracts with direct without be having any app sold or agents or anything like that. But like they're put into this system, like, especially like Humana is an example, you can contract direct with Humana. There's just no overrides involved or hierarchies. It's just a different system altogether. Um, yeah. Tony said, how many true NMOs are there? That's a great question because because a lot of that a lot of companies that you would look at as an FMO or IMO they're probably under an agent pipeline or some organization like that for some of the biggest companies. You know, I have I have such a huge problem with that number of contracted agents that all these guys throw around though because a ninety percent of them don't produce. Yeah. E, um, you can have an agent that has some contracts with this IMO, some contracts with this IMO, some contracts with this IMO. I feel like the number, like, I think the two numbers that are actually like legitimately worth talking about, it's, it's like weekly producing agents or monthly producing agents, which I know is 10% or less for almost all of these IMO FMOs or actual production where you could go to the carrier and the carrier could say, yes you know, this FMO or this IMO is responsible for 2 million in premium for, you know, for this product or this policy, whatever. So here, here's the problem there though. I mean, how many carriers are going to be willing to just openly say that? It's most just, of them. Well, there's leaderboards though, right? Don't they, don't sure. they go on sure. these leaderboards? I mean, it's there. That's the only, I don't, outside of publicly showing those leaderboards i don't think they're probably they're probably not legally allowed to disclose that information would be my guess yeah yeah i mean and that's true you know like i i i fully believe that if an agent has let's say 500 agents that just have an emeritus dental contract with them that goes mm -hmm. into their bottom line we have 500 agents you know um but it doesn't go towards the Medicare Advantage production, doesn't go towards the Medicare supplement production. 
they, you know, it's pennies in the scheme of things in terms of the override because it's a dental carrier. Um, but I'm sure that goes into their bottom line in terms of it counts as a contracting agent, but they might have all their important contracts somewhere else. <laughs> um, it's, it's a weird thing. You know, it's kind of a weird thing to think about. Um, it's very muddled. It's, it's not clear. And that's like, again, when I was in the industry, when I was new or newer, I thought it was very clear cut. I thought it was like, this is an agency. This is an MGA. This is a IMO. This is an FMO. This is an NMO. And it's funny that Tony mentioned NMO because that's the one that gets me triggered because it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I'm trying to even think of an analogy for it. Like, like, like calling yourself an NMO or saying I have NMO level contracts. I can't tell you how many people have come to me with that line. Glenn, I have an Aetna, which, which I'm going to give you a specific example because I just find this so funny. Somebody called me and they said, Glenn, I have an exclusive NMO contract with Aetna. I am only one of five contracts that exist in North America for this. So again, I'm thinking like, this is it. This is hot. And I'm not producing. So I call, uh, you know, a, a good friend of mine. And I said, hey, I was like, I, I want to help you out. I've got someone who's telling me that they have access to an NMO level contract. It's one of five available in the nation. Um, I'm, I, I would think, you know, with your level of production, you could probably jump on this. And I basically just connected these guys. Well, my friend then says, Hey, um, get the paper from him, get the actual contract paper that shows the commission level. And he's like, and then I'll send you mine. Uh, and he was under an FMO, just a, a, you know, a standard FMO, standard IMO. And they were exactly the same contract levels. <laughs> So it was all total fabrication, exaggeration. Um, I, and I'm just ever since that was a big jump off point for me from there where I'm like, okay, so majority of this is just all smoke and mirrors, mislabeling, or, you know, again, they don't have hard definitions. There's no set drawn line on this is an IMO. This is not an IMO. And, and that's part of the problem that makes this so murky. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's the weirdest thing too, you know, like I, I remember, I remember a couple of years ago, UHC, who's the biggest Medicare Advantage carrier, they did away with the term SGA and replaced it with an FMO. That's the term now. FMO. What, was, what was SGA? I don't even remember what it stands for, but it's basically Special like, General Agent. Special like, General Agent. Secret, I, secret I hope it's General that. Agent. Secret general Secret agent. General agent. Secret like. general agent. So like the SGA level was basically, you know, it was the level above the MGA contract to the level right before, you know, being able to be considered like a top of hierarchy FMO kind of thing, you know? Um, and so, and of course, like you said, it gets murky because when you really start to dig into some of these, um, is that really what it stands for, Tony? Super general agent? I don't believe Tony. I don't think he'd so because that, that, that'd be my favorite thing ever. I have um, three, four of those contracts with Medicare Advantage companies myself. Um, but, and I don't know what they stand for. I have no freaking idea, uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, you, could you know, be a super general agent and you don't even know it Christian. So 
So <laughs> no, there's <laughs> it's really super. <laughs> super yeah, you're wearing a superhero super, shirt, and I'm you're super, super general, general agent, agent, Christian. Yeah, I'm a super general yes. agent. So, so, but anyway, um, you know, it, that was and that was pretty standard in most carriers, from my understanding, that that was like you know you had the street, and at least this is for Medicare Advantage, right? When Scotty came on last week, I know he was talking a lot about MedSup, not talking about MedSup, but like you know, yeah, yeah, the street level agent. GA agent, MGA agent, SGA agent, and then the FMO was basically kind of the latter. UHC did away with the SGA title and now and replaced it with FMO. And then the top of hierarchy was the the NMO. And like when I came into the business, I was always told there was like 15 to 20 different NMO contracts in the country for United Healthcare. I'm sure there's more than that now, but I and I'm, I don't even know if that was the truth. That's just what our NMO right. at the time. What said. is the right? What is the truth? I mean, you hear a different answer everywhere, but like there's tons of people that will come out and say, I have an FMO contract with United Healthcare. And people don't understand that that really means you have an SGA contract with United Healthcare. Like if it's with any other company, it'd be considered an SGA or most other companies. You know what I mean? So like the terminology is starting to change with every other company too. Like Aetna's got these weird terms. They don't use the same terms as everybody else. Like it makes it challenging. I think confusing for most agents. So my, my next, I guess we, we, we've covered how does this affect the industry? And I think we're kind of in agreement. We don't know yet. Um, there's, there could be some good stuff from it. Could be some bad stuff. It's still kind of early to say what the long-term benefit or loss could be. But the, the real question is, when you're checking your distribution channels, if you're an agent, and, and I, I'm hoping maybe you can set aside the fact that you're technically an integrity agency or agent, what, what's the, the benefit or uh, the loss or the, the pro versus con of being an AmeriLife distribution channel or being an integrity? Is, is there a difference? Um, I have an opinion, but before I go, I would like to hear your opinion, Christian. And I would love to hear anyone's opinion here who's who's watching this, whether you're watching the replay or you're watching it live. If you have an opinion on AmeriLife or you have an opinion on integrity, I would love to hear it. This this doesn't get brought like this is akin to talking about your pay at a job in the workplace. There's a taboo to it. Um, I'm trying to expel this taboo with the directory that we have at Lead Heroes. We need to be talking about our uplines more. We need to be talking about when we get screwed over as an agent. We need to be talking about good uplines more. If your upline's awesome, you should be promoting it for free to other agents and saying, hey, this guy's awesome or this agency's awesome. And so again, that's kind of this conversation here today. So you know, what do you think, Christian? What's, what's the pros versus cons of these two giants? So I, this is something I'm really scared <laughs> to talk about, to be completely <laughs> scared. scared. I'm You're like, scared. oh, tech, like, the internet's oh. glitching, Glenn. I'm going to have to. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, uh, uh, connection's uh, coming up. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm losing you. <laughs> so um, oh, here, here's, my, here's my thoughts. I'll start with AmeriLife. Um, I think AmeriLife has been around a long freaking time. I think they've been a huge, huge, um, you know, imprint in the industry for a very long time. Um, I, I, I know that they don't have the best reputation. 
um, in terms of being willing to release agents. Like 1971. I, I, I just want, I wanted to look that up. I'm on their website. 1971 yeah. is when they came together. Now, here's the thing though, you know, like I've, I've talked to a lot of people that have said a lot of your experience is going to depend on um, your marketer too. You know, you, they're like a, an average group of that size is going to have so many different marketers that oversee your account. And um, there could, it's hard to say that, that an organization is good or bad because we've had good and bad marketers at Agent Pipeline. You know, um, and so, but I, I know that AmeriLife has a little bit of a bad reputation in the industry. I mean, I, I talked about that agent that's working with us that had their her Humana contract terminated. I don't feel like I can not talk about that. Um, and I still don't even know 100% of what happened. I know she's basically ready to sell with Humana now. So we got it, we we're able to get it corrected, but um but then again, you know, today I had a conversation with someone over at AmeriLife that was just willing to just take time out of his day to talk to me and try to help me. Someone from the group, you know, that essentially touched base with me. Yeah, um, that was awesome. And he was super helpful and super accommodating. So I really, I feel, I feel like th- what you're really looking at is every organization is going to have good marketers, bad marketers, vengeful marketers, non-vengeful marketers. Um, I think what it comes down to is personal policy. And from what I've come to understand, I feel like there is more of, um, there's more, I, I, I feel like, I'm trying to, how do I say this without saying it? Um, <laughs> um, I, 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 I personally feel like it helps to, 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 to know somebody with AmeriLife to try to get something positive done. And there's been so many people that have had bad experiences. I've had very limited experience with them working with them myself. So it's very difficult to say. And now if I flip to integrity, um, I've really, and I'm trying to be as objective as possible on this. It's hard. Um, I have had very little dealings with integrity directly. I deal with Agent Pipeline. Um, And the same people that work at Agent Pipeline today are the same people that worked at Agent Pipeline before integrity bought them out for the most part. Um, so, but what I have seen with integrity is haven't had problem getting released, good releases from other integrity groups. Of course, it helps moving from integrity to integrity, right? Moving from one integrity organization to another. So that might be part of it. Um, the other thing is I feel like their willingness to spend money on their agents and AmeriLife, I'm sure does this too, but I feel like their willingness to, to, to spend money on their agents in terms of investing in technology like Medicare Center, investing into co-op money, which really comes from the carriers. But, you know, we've seen a lot more of that since the acquisition. Um, I think it's hard to say because I feel like both groups have the ability to basically be on equal playing fields from the perspective of the agent. I think where it kind of gets muddy is if you are working with a good marketer or a bad marketer, because I think both groups have the ability to release your contract, from my understanding. Both groups have the ability to provide you good training, get you hooked up with a good, you know, MGA, SGA kind of individual if you're new and a new agent. I think a lot of it is what it comes down to is which marketer are you tied to? Are you tied with a good one who's experienced that, you know, you can learn a lot from that's going to be accommodating? Are you tied with just some shithead that doesn't return emails or phone calls and 
just doesn't do a thing. And I think you get that with both sides. So to, to take this a step further, you guys, for some of you who might be new or you're not really sure like what that means, like when he's talking about a marketer, um, you know, senior market sales, I was just talking to them not too long ago. And I think they have like 30 different marketers, maybe more, maybe less. I think it's around 30. Um, you know, obviously you have all these agents and agencies and these downlines. And so, you know, you have to have someone that kind of um, is the middle management between the company and these downlines. And that's where the marketers come into play. So when Christian's talking about, it's, it really is kind of like roulette where you don't know that the, the marketer that you're being assigned to, and, and here's the <laughs> other, is the marketer part of the, the downline? So like, is the marketer your upline then on paper, like on your contract? So marketers get incentives for your oh, sale. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, they get incentives and I believe they make at least a piece of the override. I, but I, is it is it on paper in the hierarchy? No. Okay. Tony's saying no. Okay. So they're it's it, they're getting bonus though, but definitely based on per, there's some sort of incentive or bonus based on production. But yeah, it's absolutely roulette. And I've talked to a ton of different marketers at a ton of different IMOs, FMOs over the years, and um, I think the biggest thing, like you just you don't know what their experience level is. I've talked to people who are brand new, who have no idea, like they're, they, they came from like outside insurance. They don't know anything. Um, I've talked to some really sleazy marketers where they're just trying to hustle contracts. They really don't care about you. As soon as they get that contract signed, they don't care. They don't want to talk to you. Just like you said, you know, they don't want to answer your phone call. They don't want to answer your email. I talked to some really great marketers where they are doing everything they can to help their downline. Um, they'll spend, you know, like freaking Scotty, Scotty, I guess is technically a marketer, right? He even said that yeah. Scotty yeah. Will, will hang on hold for you, you know, for an hour, um, to, to do something on your behalf with the carrier, which is just absurd to me that he would even do that, but that's how nice Scotty is. So, um, there's all these different kind of middle management between you and your IMO. So I just thought I'd take a second and, and offer some explanation for those of you who aren't sure what Christian meant, but continue. I, I, I think you're doing a great job kind of going through some of these pros and cons and um, you know, what, what one offers versus the other. Um, another thing I wanted to, if, if, if I may, um, I wanted to just tell a quick story that kind of highlights the difference of marketers. So when you're with a group, and they're a really big group, especially a fast growing group, it's real common that, you know, you'll, you'll have a marketer that you'll really, really like. And then your IMO or top of hierarchy company will move them to another sector of the company, right? Like they might oversee um, Oregon and Washington one day, you know, for a year or two, and then they get assigned to California, right? And they just are moved for whatever reason. Um, and then they assign a new person or a new marketer, a new group of marketers to your specific demographic. Um, that's happened with us before. I remember one time specifically, it must've been 2016, I wanna say. Um, we had, we had, an, we had a, a contact that we loved at Agent Pipeline and he was fantastic. And for various reasons, he was moved to a different sector of the company. They assigned us a brand new guy, a rookie. Like he just started working for the company and at this point, you know, all I was doing was selling. I wasn't recruiting. I wasn't really dealing with the marketers myself that much anymore, but my dad was. 
And my dad hated this guy. Like he hated this guy. I remember um, it was October 2nd, right? AEP is starting to roar. Um, this guy is calling our office multiple times over the last, next couple of days, trying to get us to sign up for some shitty freaking med sub carrier we've never heard of. <laughs> and he's bothering us. And my dad told him multiple times, he's like, call us December 8th and we can talk about it. Right. We're not freaking talking about picking up a new carrier right now. And um, this guy, you know, and then, you know, he started giving us attitude. He's like, well, if you don't want to make money, this AEP, this carrier can put some money in your pocket. But I guess if you're not interested in that, like, just like these sarcastic, like remarks, my dad sent an email to, I think it, I think it was Ryan Kimball's wife who Ryan Kimball is the, the, the head guy at agent pipeline. Right. And he's like, he's like, we need a new marketer. <laughs> we need a new marketer. <laughs> and, um, they, they, they tied us to a new guy and um, he was fantastic. And then that other guy left and now we're with the, now we're with someone else. But um, like it's it, all within the same organization, but it's like night and day in terms of the experience that you have. Yep. And yeah, that's exactly it. I wish they were more uh, uniform, I guess. Right. I wish, I don't know. It seems like, again, I've worked with some of these really big organizations and I can tell you firsthand, like these marketers, a lot of times, maybe it's just because they're competing technically, right? Like we talked about, there's some sort of incentive or bonus, but it's like, I wish that there was better communication among the marketers within the same organization. I'm not saying that you have to have a great relationship with another IMO's marketer, but you would think like the marketers at one organization, there'd be some unity there. But I think maybe it's just the competitiveness of the, you know, the incentive that's a lot of times keeping these marketers from sharing, you know, information or sharing thoughts and ideas because yeah, it's, it's amazing the night and day difference. Um, Jay mentioned here, I wanted to read this comment. Uh, <coughs> and is, was Jay the individual that also worked with in their life? I, I can't remember. The, oh, man. If, if, this I, was Jay's I, I comment. I'll go ahead and read it. AmeriLife has a captive group. Also, if you are a part of the captive group, that's true that you, that's true. But working with an agency that AmeriLife is the owner, you do own your business. So again, he's talking about broker versus captive side and, and integrity to my knowledge, doesn't have um, a captive side, right? Integrity is all broker. Is there, is there a captive integrity side? Cause that's, that's a big, that's a big comparison. When we're looking at these two giants, like that's a really big deal. Like Go Health, for example, you know, Go Health does a bunch of business on the captive side and the broker side. Like there's two very different sides of the business. Okay, um, no, it doesn't work. That was someone else. Um, I would say- Yeah, um, I appreciate you saying that because it, it's, it's a big, that's a big difference when you're comparing these, these two behemoths. Yeah, I mean, I don't think- integrity has like a focusly built captive group of course you know they'll probably they have on tons of organizations in their hierarchy that have captive agents you know um and we're like captive shops but integrity themselves to my knowledge they haven't built out their own like captive organization maybe like an AmeriLife has so that's a little bit of a difference as well but and and I and I have heard situations in the past where like someone would contract with an AmeriLife thinking they're contracting as an independent and then they're really contracted as an LOA. I think that comes down to you. Got, there was some 
you know, shithead marketer or something like that. You know, they kind of did that. I, I hesitate to just go out and say, you know, if a marketer does something, it reflects the entire integrity of the FMO IMO. Sometimes it does though. Sometimes it's the culture. So sometimes it's hard to kind of see the difference. Um, it's, there's a lot of working parts that kind of come down with this. It's, it's one of those, I feel like, I feel like the further we go in this conversation, it's like the more, <laughs> it's like the more muddled in the, it's the, the vortex. More, yeah. It, it's getting, because you're absolutely right. Like a bad marketer could, you could think, wow, a Marilife is a horrible organization, but it, maybe it was just that marketer. Maybe that marketer didn't know what they were doing, or maybe they were just evil. It was an evil marketer. I, and, and maybe the organization is good. I, I wanted to, to say that um, when it comes under the context of not releasing, um, I have a unique perspective, you guys, because I am, you know, I'm doing the lead generation on the marketing side. I, we don't offer contracts at Lead Heroes. So I, yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, as you know, there's, there's no, no plan to recruit agents. I, I don't want to, you know, it's funny too, a quick little segue is someone posted in, in the six figure Medicare agent group today. And their comment was uh, if, if someone has a good lead generation, um, they hire agents, you know, they don't sell leads. And I, I just laughed my ass off at that because I'm like, I have no, I, I don't want people, I don't want agents calling me for contracts. I don't want, I would 10 times rather sell the shovel and say, Hey, you know, I know there's gold here. I could even dig for it myself, but that's work. It's also a lot of work to hire people to do the digging for the gold, but I can just sell the shovel and be happy doing that and contribute my piece. Um, so I thought that was a very uh, personally funny comment. But so my perspective is kind of unique because I'm able to, to see the little guy. I'm able to see kind of these, the agency, kind of a lot of these middle the, the middle guys in the hierarchy. And then I'm also looking at the brand at the top where I'm even sometimes talking with some of these executives, you know, at, you know, chief, chief marketing officers at some of these organizations. Um, AmeriLife time and time again has come up as an organization that will not release their agents. Um, and now the flip side of that, before I unload on AmeriLife, which I would love to do, is that there are agents that don't deserve releases. So I wanna, I wanna play devil's advocate here. There's agents who owe a bunch of money to the upline. There's agents who spend a bunch of money on marketing, they don't pay the bill, and then they're trying to run to someone else. So there are bad agents. As much as I would love to, to you know, defend every single agent, there are absolutely bad agents out there that don't deserve to be released. Now, that being said, there's also good agents who don't have a debt, who don't have a lead bill that they have to pay. They um, and they're trying to get a release because they have a better opportunity somewhere else. And they just don't want to work with that organization anymore. And AmeriLife, time and time again, specifically with some of these good agents, where to my knowledge, right, I could be being lied to, but to my knowledge, I'm being told that there is no debt and that they are just based on principle or based on the paper agreement that that agent signed, they are not going to release that agent. And that makes me pissed. That really pissed me off. Again, part of the reason why this directory at Lead Heroes was created or that I am marketing this directory with no monetization 
again, there's, there's no monetization behind this directory. It's purely a, a value to the agent um, or a value to the IMO to be found by the agent. But it's because of these organizations that won't release agents. That's a crime. And in my personal opinion, if there is no debt, that agent should not be held captive to that organization. Free the agent! Free the agent! <laughs> right now! Get him out of jail! <laughs> um, but specifically, I wanted to mention, I think it was Joanna, she posted and she said there was um, a single mother who had no debt. I don't know if this was a Marilife. I think it was. I'm, I think it was in my life. I could be wrong, but there was a single mother who had no debt, who couldn't be released, who had their contracts either terminated or stuck. And this is a situation where someone can't provide for their family. So now, now you're, you're taking this a step further where you're hurting someone on a personal level. And that gets me so fucking mad. Like, oh man, I could, ah, I just want to, I could explode at that. So um, I haven't heard any story like that tied to integrity. So when we're talking about comparing these two, um, I haven't heard integrity at this point hold an agent um, captive uh, where integrity says, well, you signed up to sell insurance for us. So you're never selling insurance for anyone else ever again. Um, I've heard this time and time again with AmeriLife. So um, personally, if I had to pick today and I was to jump into the sales game and I'm selling for one of these behemoths, I would be selling for integrity and I would not, I'd be actively trying to avoid a mare life, um, just based on some of these stories I've heard. Now, again, this, these are one-off stories. This is an individual. I could, I could not be hearing the whole part of the story there. There could be things going on where that person doesn't deserve to be released. Um, but Again, I've never heard any story like that with integrity. The other thing to mention too, I looked up while you were talking, Christian, integrity is, was founded in 2016. It's five years old, 1971 for a mayor life. So you have an organization that's 50 years old um, versus someone that's really an infant in comparison, five years old. So a mayor yeah. life is 10 times older. So I don't know if it's fair to compare it in that sense, because give integrity another 10, 15, 20 years, maybe we start to get some of these stories that come out where they won't release agents. So yeah, that's my two cents. I think that's a great point. And like, you know, I'll be completely honest. I did not know who integrity was before they bought agent pipeline. I I hadn't heard that name before. And um, I, I remember the night of, I was in my kitchen and I got the text that they bought agent pipeline. And I was like, what? I'm like, who, who's that? And that was the kind of my, my viewpoint at the time. So um, I, I go on their website and I'm scrolling and it says, it said on their website at the time, they're like, we have 200,000 agents. I'm like 200,000 agents or something like that. That time this was years ago. Um, so I'm not that surprised that they're such a young company, but how freaking crazy is it that you have an organization that I, I, I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, roast me in the comments here. But I think they're bigger than AmeriLife is at this point. I think they're a bigger organization from top to bottom in terms of how many agents and just in general that they have under their umbrella with all the acquisitions they've made. Um, that's crazy to me what you can what they did in such a short period of time. 
Yeah, um, I did want to. So Ron Ray, I, I thought this is a comment that's worth sharing. And again, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to play devil's advocate because I understand this entirely, um, both personally and, and just being in the industry. There's, um, there are two sides to every story. Uh, there's the, and of course, there's the cost of recruiting, licensing, and training, and then potentially even a salary. So, absolutely. Um, it's hard it's hard to say what all the details are and and scotty mentioned this last week when he said people love to run to facebook and to post something right Right. so i i know for a fact i'm sure there's agents where they are bad agents like i said there's bad agents in the industry there's i'm sure there's bad agents that try to pin it on the upline where they say oh man they won't release me they're horrible and then the reality is is that they owe money to that upline so um it's, it's hard to get a, a real transparency, but I'm, I'm hoping that we can get to a level where it's at least more transparent than it is today. So what I can say is, you know, the, the individual who I talked to on the phone today to Marilife could not have been more helpful and accommodating, you know? Um, and, and I, 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 I got to put that out there. You know what I mean? Like helping me help an agent leave them basically. So, so you're leaving uh, agent pipeline, you're leaving the inter- integrity family, you're joining a mayor life. Is that what I'm hearing? Is this correct? Tomorrow. <laughs> announced. <laughs> announced. No, just kidding. I didn't um, want to say. <laughs> but, but I mean, for me, guys, I mean, in terms of integrity, I have had zero complaints um, working with them. And, and, and everything that I've seen that actually bleeds down to, to down to me, right? Because I'm, I'm not even close to being at the level to where like people that are actually seeing this firsthand are, um, you know, experiencing. Um, Justin, you need to jump in this Zoom, okay? <laughs> Justin, I think next week, I would love to have Ida. Oh my gosh. We're oh my already, gosh. we're getting close to the end here. So I, I would hate to bring them in and then we wrap things up in 10 or 15 minutes. But I would love to have an entire episode with you, Justin. Um, we've done one, but I'd love to have another one. Right. Agreed. Agreed. I think that would be epic. Um, if, just, if, if, if Mr. Mr. Medicare guru, no, he should show up as Medicare goober and do the entire in, in, um, episode as Medicare goober, like not break character once, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I've seen those videos. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We're starting to get uh, some comments here and I love it. I love the engagement. I love hearing from you guys. Again, you know, what we've seen in the stock market over the past couple of weeks is that there's so much strength in numbers. So I think the more we can be united as, as a community, the stronger we are and the louder our voices. Um, so yeah, I would love to, to get some of you guys um, involved more, you know, not just having some of you on the show, but I love the comments and I love the engagement. So yeah, Christian, why don't you read a couple of these, a couple of these comments we've gotten. So I, I think half of them are from Justin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to go back up a little bit and kind of go through, cause I I've gotten, gotten, gotten behind on some of the comments. Um, let's see. Okay. So here's a comment from, from Sonia. I was under your Medicare then AmeriLife as a as a, a strategic partner with Humana, going about it this way, the agent is not the agent of record. AmeriLife owns the book of business. 
So it sounds like that was a situation where maybe that wasn't 100% transparent, which that would piss me off royally if that was me. Imagine, could you imagine if you thought you owned your clients for and you sold insurance for five years, 10 years? Like it's five, 10 years. I mean, you have two options. Number one, you start the reset, hit the reset button and start all over, right? And that's five to 10 years of your life. You'll never get back. Number two, you, you stick it out with that organization. You make it work. That's if I was in that situation, that's probably what I would do. Like, what do you do? There's any legal recourse like, Oh, I didn't realize this was happening. Your honor. (laughs) I would like to heard, I've heard from people that like, you know, that they may that non-competes and things like that. They don't hold up in court. I have not seen that happen at all that way. I I've, I've seen an age, I've seen a couple of different FMOs sue agents over the years over things like that. Um, non solicits or non competes? Non compete. Because my, again, this is my understanding is that a non solicit is serious and most courts yeah. will hold a non solicit. If you're going after, if you're harming that previous agency, you're going after their clients. Um, you know, you're rolling your book of business or their book of business because you left. Um, those I think get held up, but a non-compete where you're selling insurance under a different upline or you're completely independent. Those don't hold up. I think it would be more non-solicit yeah. that I've seen. Yeah. Um, but essentially, you know, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, because if you take that organization to court and let's say, okay, like I said, you have two options, right? You hit the reset button or you try to work it out with them. Well, let's say you roll the dice and you try to take that organization to court and um, you lose. Well, let's say, you know, there was a thought of making it work with the organization so you don't lose all your commissions. Well, then they're just like, well, screw you. You know, you tried to sue us. We're going to terminate you because they can terminate you for anything. Right. right. At the end of the day, um, I think it puts the agent in a really vicarious situation. Um, But Anyway, so some of the other comments, uh, Ron Ray said there is something to be said about a group that competes against its own field force. Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually a really interesting comment. I read that. I, I really kind of internalized that because um, broker versus captive, right? So um, I've seen it happen. I won't mention the specific company, but I know for a fact there's a company that um, they essentially when they're looking at funding, right? So, you know, Christian, you mentioned earlier, you said um, since Integrity got involved or bought Agent Pipeline, you're like, there's been some great money that comes through for marketing, right? Well, there's only so much to go around of this marketing money. So I know specifically that one of these giant organizations that has a broker force and has a captive force they said they took one look at where they were making their money and they said, Woo-wee! they're like, we're making money with these captive agents, right? Cause they're not paying them much. They own the book. They own the renewals, the brokers, right? They're just getting their cut. They stopped supporting the broker force and they started pouring money into the captive force. It wasn't an overnight switch, but they slowly started funneling more and more to the captive. So that's a very valid point that, that Ron made. Um, yeah. It's something to consider. That is wisdom from Mr. Ron Ray there. Yes. Um, Mike Newton said, uh, marketer should work for the broker, not the other way around. Agreed. Um, yeah. I've always said that like 
to the to the to the IMOs and FMOs, you know, the top of hierarchy organizations, us as agents, we are their clients, is what it is, right? I mean, and that's I feel like if it's it, it'd be the same thing as like you know if we were mistreating a client or something like that almost. I think that's um, where that's where the banding together as a community, right? Because as an individual, Christian Brindle might not have a lot of power, but Christian Brindle with the community, if we're all together and we are the clients, right? Now we have a lot more power. So I keep getting, I, my eyes keep getting pulled down to the Justin Brock comments. Justin Brock says, I think your mom is the best marketer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My mom is licensed, by the way. Um, that's funny. My mom does have a license, so she could be, and you guys would never know. Um, Justin Brock, again, facts tell, stories sell. Um, sell me a sad woman so I can get mad, LOL. I think that was referencing your 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 story about that right. person with a marrow life, potentially. Um, Justin says, to see your book of business taken hostage and your profits out the door, I mean, ugh. Again, my, my heart goes out yeah. to any agent or agency where you didn't realize, you know, you didn't own your book. That just makes me nauseous. Yeah. I mean, especially to think that all that time you owned your book. And then when you try to leave, you find out they're like, oh, just kidding. You don't really own your book. Like that's the stuff that makes me sick. Um, Amanda said, that's what Nahu can help with. I'm assuming that was about the community, right? That there were stronger together. Um, Brian mentioned Reddit agents. Yes, exactly. I mean, again, I, I really want to facilitate, like if there's something that I can really do specifically this year, moving forward, growth, the reason we do this freaking podcast, you guys, like it's to facilitate the growth of the community. Like I'm, I really, I love to see you guys come together. I love to be a part of it. I love the, you know, the happy hours, the cocktail parties, um, you know, we can be spread out, we can be small, we could be independent. Um, but I think when we come together, we're, we're strong. Um, and it's fun. And I think you guys are all awesome. So unite. Avengers, assemble! Or, um, you know, I know DC's not doing so well. In <laughs> but... So which one's DC and which one's, which one's Marvel? Is integrity. Uh, I feel like integrity's Marvel here. Yeah, I think the powerhouse. I think they gotta be. I don't see how you can say anything more than that. Um, then like DC's been making movies forever. Some of I mean, some of those older movies are so awfully bad, you know, like those Batman movies from the 90s and stuff like that. So they're probably more comparable to Amero Life too, because Marvel really didn't start getting into making movies until maybe the last couple of decades yep 100 percent um i'm really curious to see where this goes i feel like we have to do a follow-up episode like a year from now yeah and and talk about amerilife versus integrity and you know were there any more significant acquisitions right like were there more distribution channels being bought you know was there significant technology that got leveraged by one that the other didn't um I do think that the fact that AmeriLife has a captive force and Integrity doesn't, which I could be wrong, and I would love to know if I'm wrong. Please let me know. Post in the comments, you know, again, live or replay. Um, that's There's something to be said about that. 
Um, I am really curious now to see where this goes. So, and, and Tony mentioned this earlier in the comments. He, when I was saying, you know, when I was talking about exit strategies, like what's, what's going to happen? He was saying that one of these companies might want to IPO. <laughs> they might want to go public um, and then they can make a ton of money because again, that's, there's money with investors and, and selling stock. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious now to kind of see where this, this epic battle goes. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you, that Justin just said this. I, I had forgotten about American senior benefits. So um, integrity bought American senior benefits in the last couple of years or so. I, I can't, I don't know when they bought them, but I know they bought them. We compete with them heavily here locally here in Utah, American senior benefits. And so they're a captive shop. I mean, if you, if you count that. Yes. Well, yeah. Do you count? Cause like AmeriLife has like AmeriLife agents that right, are like they're, they're like employed by AmeriLife kind of thing. I don't, I don't know if captive agents that were bought, I don't know if that, I, I personally wouldn't count. I don't think that's a direct comparison, but I don't it, know. It, okay. It, so like the, I, I almost look at that like this, let's say, Christian Brindle Insurance Services builds out a big captive agent force, which that is something that we're, we're working on actually trying to do is build out a captive force, right? So we build out a big captive force. Let's say it goes really well, right? Let's say we have 50 agents, 100 agents, you know, right. let's say it just get, get, really gets bigger. Um, that's untechnically under the integrity hierarchy because we're with agent pipeline, but that wouldn't really be the same kind of thing, right? Because AmeriLife's captives um that you're talking about are, are in, under their payroll kind of thing right not maybe under a downline hierarchy yeah justin just said integrity has nothing they didn't buy they're a collective ebitda play which is earnings before um, interest or taxes so yeah that's my whole thought too is you know amerilife is 50 years old they're they're brick and mortar you know they've, they've been doing this and then you have integrity coming in just snapping everything up and it's really all money. It's all funds. They're, they're buying and they're acquiring. Um, and I do think integrity is going to IPO or sell. I, I don't, you know, they'll probably do it. And then in the next couple of years would be my guess. So uh, be on the lookout. I would love, I would love to buy their stock. I would love to be, I do it. I do it. I own a piece of integrity, baby, <laughs> man. I mean, I, I was thinking about buying eHealth stock a couple of years in maybe a year ago or so. And I don't know why I just didn't do it. You know, and I don't think well, it's I didn't buy GameStop. So obviously like GameStop. Come on, man. Didn't buy GameStop. I'm not part of the Reddit community. You know what I mean? I'm like left out in the cold. It's free. Sign up. I don't know what to tell you. It's, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban did an AMA this morning. That's a total sidebar but um right yes i know integrity is not public but we're i'm i'm talking speculative amanda i'm saying i'm speculating that they could go public in the next year or two and that that potentially that's their whole reason for buying all of these downline that you know that could have literally been the plan from the start they said hey Let's buy, let's buy as many distribution channels as possible for the next five to 10 years and then IPO or sell it for an, a ludicrous amount of money. You know, I, that's speculative, but that's, I, I'm sure that's probably what's going on. They just want to buy, turn around and sell it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and there's, 
it, it makes sense. You know, I mean, you have options when you grow to that big, there's really no downside to growing to, 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 to just growing a massive business. Cause then you can do whatever you want with it. You can cash out and exit, or, you know, you can, you can, you know, go public with it and, you know, and start off a publicly traded company that's going to grow to incredibly vast new heights. And yeah, so it's, it'd be interesting to kind of watch how it all develops. I mean, here's the, here's the other thing. If they were to sell, I, I know we're like way over our normal time too, but we, it's, I think so. I think we've been on a minute. Oh, we're, yeah, I guess we're about 20 minutes past. I didn't um, but but the but, but last, last thing I wanted to leave you guys with, if they did go public, who would buy it? Not, not, if, they, not if they went public, if they sold, if they went to sell. It's like, uh, the public. Would I would buy it. That's why yeah, you I'm would like, buy I it. I would buy a piece of it. No, no, but I mean, if, if they went to go sell, like let's say Integrity grows. It like, would have to be someone like AmeriLife, you know? Um, there's this, there's this great show called succession. Have you ever seen it by chance? No, I don't think I have. That's, that's too bad. So succession, it's, I think it's an HBO or maybe, no, I think it's a Showtime show actually, but it's all about this giant media company. Um, and it's a family run media company, billion dollar company, but Again, there's kind of this merger acquisition part of the show. It's uh, personally, I think it's a great show. Highly recommend. Ten out of ten. <laughs> uh, not sponsored. Should be, but anyways, there's this point where a smaller company is trying to buy a bigger company in the show, and so you kind of sit. So you know, you're you're sitting. You're you're mentioned. The reason I brought this up is you're like, well, who could possibly buy Integrity when they're that big? You know. I, I think there could be, you never know, there could be smaller companies where they would have to get the financing, right? Someone, and I don't know if, if integrity is bigger than AmeriLife, I think I could see, I could see that happen. I could see where AmeriLife is like, you know, there's even, there's even potential where a company that doesn't want to sell has to sell if the ownership, right? If enough of the ownership agrees that it's, it's best, but even if some of the ownership is like, no, we shouldn't, it could come down to a vote, even in a privately held company, it could come down to a vote where, where they could be forced to sell. So I don't know. I think, I think time will tell. I think it's going to be an interesting couple of years as we watch these behemoths in the marketplace and kind of see what happens. Yeah. Carriers. That would be interesting. What if a carrier stepped up to the plate? Okay. This got interesting because Tony said private equity and I was like, well, yeah. Um, E-health potentially. I mean, E-health is a big, a big boy. I mean, E-health, I mean, where, I mean, E-health is its own thing, right? I would say E-health is like mega monster, you know, really captive call center kind of thing. And they do a bunch of things now, but like, I mean, if they came in and bought an integrity, that would completely change their business model because then they're going from having a bunch of call centers, right? With employees, employed agents and all those things to all of a sudden you have hundreds of thousands of contracted independent agents like their business model just completely shifts overnight if they did something like that. Yeah, I actually think, I think that's, I think e-health could be potentially, think about it. We were talking about there's not, what if e-health, bought integrity and now all of a sudden um now you have like maybe the call centers become their captive force right maybe that's maybe that's their captive 
Now it's, well, I, eHealth's probably the bigger brand. I think they would keep the eHealth. Integrity would become eHealth. Right. eHealth wouldn't become Integrity, even if Integrity's bigger at the point of acquisition. But then, you know, those call centers could be uh, essentially that captive force. And now they have this whole national distribution broker chain. I mean, talk about a force. I'm actually, I would love to see it. You know what? For 1%, you guys, I will broker that deal. Somebody get eHealth on the phone. I'm going to broker this. I'm going to get get me in the room with integrity and eHealth and let's let's do this. All right, guys, make it happen. We get it, get it done. Six figure Medicare agent community. Love it. 92% nation assemble. Yes. Assemble. Okay. So we are way over time, like you said. So I'd love to kind of move into some final thoughts you have. Um, This was really interesting. Yeah, Uh, this was a good one. This was a good episode. Was. I could talk um, for another hour, I feel like, about... about. I know, um, I know, because like Amanda just said something I'd love to expand on too. Like she said, UHC bought health markets, so why not? And that's so true. People forget about when that. When did that happen? I don't know. Amanda, yeah. when did that happen? We're just watching the comment section. Like, I don't remember, but I, I know it happened. I mean, there's certain... So like, expand on that really fast. Before we get to final comments, expand on, on the UHC, because yeah. I'm, I'm not well-versed in that acquisition. So more or less, um, health markets, I don't know a lot about health markets, but I, th- I think they were like, uh, and I'm probably going to totally butcher this, but um, I think that they were like a website, um, kind of like a, a go Medigap, Medigap kind of thing, um, I want to say. Amanda says a couple years ago, so I guess it's okay. relatively recent. Yeah, but like, it's interesting how they've kind of correlated it into what they've done now, because there's certain parts of the country where like, if you look at Medicare Advantage plans, there will be like health market Medicare Advantage plans, you know, under the UHC umbrella. Um, it's, that, that's a great point. And it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I don't know enough about health markets beforehand. So it's kind of hard. Okay, okay. So Cornerstone Senior Marketing was supposed to be bought by health markets. Deal fell through. This is what Amanda's saying, by the way. And then UHC announcement came out. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah. But yeah. Um, ah, right, right. Um, the name that, change. Some, sometimes when these organizations change their name. Uh, that can always make it more difficult to track. You know, a lot of times that'll happen too with some of these branding. But anyways, yes, final thoughts, Christian. Take us home. Okay, so my final thoughts on this, my friends, is um, a couple. I think think it's interesting to watch. Um, Every time I hear that Integrity or Merrilife has bought a new organization, I'm fascinated by it, like every single time. Like I, I want to know I, every time that article pops, I, I read it. I read every single one top to bottom. I'm always interested. Yeah. Like it's, um, it's, it's something that, um, I really, really want to talk more about in the future and kind of keep an eye on. It'll be interesting to see if there's like a third company that comes out of nowhere, you know, that just essentially grows and expands services. <laughs> The yeah. third behemoth, uh, Bobby Brock Insurance. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, you don't know. You don't know. I, don't I mean, no, you have no dude. idea. 
look at this dude, you know, I mean, what he's done. Um, but anyway, it'll be interesting to kind of see how it, how it falls into place and how it transpires. And, um, and I, I think it will eventually come down to a point. I think that probably 90% of different top of hierarchy organizations are fall under one of those two. And I think it's a huge percentage already. Um, it'll be interesting to, to kind of, to, to watch how this develops, but also, you know, do your homework when you're contracting with someone be like, where do you fall? Is your organization under one of these two? Because chances are it probably is. So yeah, my final thoughts, you guys was really Christian hit it right on the nose there. What I, what, if I, there's one thing I could stress to you guys from this episode is doing your homework because at the end of the day, like as much as I feel horrible and I want to go vomit when I hear stories about agents who have been selling insurance for years and they thought they own the book of business and they don't. Um, ultimately the real responsibility falls on that agent's shoulders. If they signed a contract, right? If you, and, and as much, and as easy as it is to be like, well, I didn't, I didn't understand it. I read it, but I didn't understand it at the time. Or, you know, it was a 50 page contract. You expect me to know what's in there. Listen, like it's, it's still ultimately up to you. And if you sign that paperwork, you sign the agreement, you, you did sign off on this. So do your homework, you know, read your agreements, um, know who your marketer is. We talked about that. I thought that was an interesting topic. Um, that could probably be its own episode is just talking about different marketers. Um, so, you know, have, have a good relationship with your marketer um, and, and know who your upline is. Know who stands between you and that insurance carrier because it's a big deal and, and do your homework on them. There's a bunch of different places that you can, you can do. There's the Facebook groups. There's the insurance forms. I'm trying to create another resource for you guys with this IMO FMO directory. If you go to leadheroes.com, um, you can, you know, if you want to apply to get your upline put on there. So if you are an upline, um, we can add you to the directory. If you want to leave a review or give a star rating to someone that's already on the directory, you can register as a user right there on the page. If maybe you're an agent and you're looking for an upline, you can just kind of scroll through and see who's near you. What do they offer? What are the resources they have? See if there's already some reviews on there. I know we already have some reviews that have been posted since we launched the directory last month. So um, definitely check that out. You guys do your homework. Agreed. And um, it's a great resource, guys. Um, I'm on there. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> leave me a review. I'm Maybe on a there. a good one, not a bad one. Um, if you leave me a bad one, I'll find you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, this was a great episode and um, we'll have to do more like it because th this could have gone on for two, two or three hours or something like that. Yeah, no, I agree. This All right, guys. So I think we're going to have Justin on next week. That's kind of my, my, what I'm hearing. Um, so watch for that. And thank you all for tuning in. This was a great episode and um, we'll be back next week with more taco Tuesday delight. Till next Tuesday.